0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, hello and welcome to All Things Radio, 639 from southwest Florida with an Indiana flavor. What can I say? Jeff, how are you?
1: I'm doing very well. We're having some rain here right now in Albany. and uh, Well, we were expecting it, but it hasn't cooled things off that much. And we're, We've had very hot weather, but I love it. At least there's no snow. That's all I can say, Bill. No snow.
2: So are you going to tell us what's coming up?
1: I certainly will. First of all, we'll start things off with our radio news from a national's perspective, and we'll follow things up with Jennifer Sparks' call letter and format changes. Next, we have a special feature on the late Vince Scully I think that you're going to enjoy. And guess what? The guy that's in the hot seat today is our own Chris Devon. So well, we'll follow that up with an air check of radio station WCBS FM in the DuoP Shop with Don K Reed, and finally we'll listen to a radio station in Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, Fun 92.7. two seven. The reason I chose that radio station, it wasn't really going to be chosen for for this week, but you know, they say the best laid plans of mice and men sometimes go astray. I really wanted to get radio station WSGN with the revival of that radio station, but the owner of that radio station will not allow streaming for between for certain mileage away from his home base, and so it's what they call picket fencing, so I chose this fun 92.7 in India, and I should say, in Huntsville, Alabama. So, all in all, I think we've got a good show this week, and hope you all enjoy it.
2: Yeah, Huntsville, Alabama, the home of Tim Hendel. Remember Tim and all his early oh, yeah. work on oh, the radio? Oh, yes, oh, yeah. he
1: did those radio reviews. Uh, yeah. He did a very good job yeah. on those. Yeah. He'll yeah. screen
3: that for the Skywave and the uh, Pocket Radio. Yeah, he's absolutely
2: a-
4: Oh he did more he did more in that gear. He also did the Versa Quarter and the, and the CC radios too. By the way, just real quick, if anybody's interested in the Sanji and radio that Bill and Doug talked about, you may want to go ahead and do it. There are only 17 of them left after do you,
1: today. Do you know the model number uh, Perry's of fan?
4: I will get that for you Jeff in, a, in
1: just in, in a second here. Just to pay in case anyone just wants to Just
2: refresh your yeah, page and there's 77. <laughs> <laughs> So that's an ever-changeable event. And speaking of changeable events and things like that, before we're going to take a look inside of what's going on in Indianapolis radio besides my telephone here that's that's doing the Kent Sterling (laughs) report here. Um, Bernie, tell me a little bit about 1070 and how you found that Station on the air a little bit this week.
5: Well, you know, I'm doing this for Chris, really. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I uh, like to talk to Indianapolis sure. radio anytime I can. Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm all, all yeah. And, But you'll get me back later tonight, I guess. Yeah. Oh, all okay. kinds of stuff I got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, there's a there's a radio board on Facebook uh, here locally uh, that's run by a guy named Scott Wheeler, and he had a bunch of people posting that they were hearing a uh, 1070 uh, going on and off and on and off and so i i just thought well i guess i'm going to tune in and i i had to go downtown to voice track uh yesterday and so because it's downtown on the emmas building it came in a little bit better as i got closer so it's really a weak signal it's just really it's like there's no point but I guess there is a point, because they can yeah. keep the license that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives them another
3: 365 days to do something. Exactly. Just
2: to sell it, and that's what their intent is, is to do something to sell it. Otherwise, that's the whole probably intent. But so what did they
6: put on? Did they have any kind of programming, or were they just going around? Yeah, they they, had, actually they, were? they
5: they Yeah, they were? Actually, they were playing the same thing that was happening on the FM's, the you know, ah. translators. Uh, mm. They just picked that up. So uh, I, I was surprised. I thought maybe they might put something else up, but no. I guess that just made it easy. Yeah,
1: you know, they want to make sure they can keep the license because if they don't, yeah. they lose the license of the frequency. Right. So sixty-four
2: thousand dollar question. What's the name of this radio group on Facebook? Do you know?
5: Uh, let's see. What is it? It's. Uh, I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that. Okay, uh, because I just go in and, and check it up, but I will. I'll. Uh, uh, text you or something and let you know. Okay.
2: That'll be good. So
5: yeah, you would you would love to be part of it.
2: Yeah, because you know I have nothing better to do than <laughs> <sooner> <laughs> I around. know. I Let's mean find out what's going on in
5: Indianapolis. You know
1: right. and, and Chris well. might really want to be involved. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know hey. And, and if, oh, you yeah.
1: not- if you get a lot of if you get a lot of messages on that group you'll get a lot of notifications on your phone from Facebook. So,
2: well no that's that's I true, turned too.
1: them off. Yeah.
2: Somehow or another, I, I got on one here on our homeowners down here in Naples, and man, oh man, oh man, you never see nothing like everybody complaining about the pool not opening. The new multi-million dollar <laughs> pool, and wow. it's a conspiracy. Cool. Everything's a conspiracy, Boy. you know. Well, so
6: you know, anyway. you know, the thing is, that didn't you know, I mean, not only is Florida God's waiting room, but also a lot of the complainers left where they were, and they aren't, still aren't happy, even though they said, if I get to Florida, I'll e- be happy. Exactly. Yeah.
0: exactly. Well, they're, they're old New Yorkers, and old New Yorkers are never happy.
4: I did get that model number, Bill. It is PRD-17. It is a Sanjian radio, and it says right on the thing, built for the visually impaired and uh, from what I'm told, it apps the whole thing talks. It's an AM, FM radio built for the visually impaired.
2: Right, and I have one of these, I, and I gave it to Jennifer, and it's it's fine. She likes it because she doesn't remember frequencies and those things, uh-huh. and it's nice for her. But for people who remember that, it drive you crazy after about ten minutes. I mean, how many times can I hear 93.5 or 107.5 or whatever?
7: Yeah.
2: Right. But I can remember this, and that's Jeff's award-winning news. At least I can remember it for this week. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. here we go. Here is Jeff's award-winning news here on August the, what, 4th, 2022. 4th. 2022. Jeff, this will be immortalized one of these days. Memorialized, whatever they they call it. Here you go. Just possibly the oh. world's greatest radio
8: station. You're listening to the Worldwide Legends with a million dollars worth of hits from the Steve Nomer Hey Baby
2: Studio. Wait a minute, Jeff. We've got a little technical hey problem here. Jeff.
8: They're
3: playing, they're playing
2: Let's try this again.
3: Well, they're talking our talk.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, I know it's in
2: let's try this again Jeff
1: Let's
2: try this again
1: I'm Jeff Bennett for All Things Radio, and here's what's happening in the world of broadcasting. A sports icon is gone. Major radio groups report their second quarter revenue results. We'll let you know what's happening on the street and conclude our look at the Nielsen June personal people meter ratings. It was a very busy week this week in the world of broadcasting where major radio groups are beginning to report their second quarter revenue results. However, the lead story this week isn't about that. It's about a sports icon who has passed away. His name is Vince Scully, born and raised in the Bronx, New York City. He joined the Navy, and after getting out of the service, he obtained a college degree in broadcasting at Fordham University in the Bronx, New York. In 1950, he began his work as a sports announcer with, at that time, the Brooklyn Dodgers. And when the Brooklyn Dodgers moved to Los Angeles, he continued working for the team as well. And for 67 years, he called Dodgers games. He saw it all from the 1950s, the 1960s, the 1970s, the 1980s, the 1990s, and the 2000s. He finally retired in 2016 at the age of 88. He is the longest tenured radio announcer to broadcast games for one One team. He also did football as well. Finn Scully passed away at the age of 94. Now it's time to take a look at those radio stations that reported their second quarter revenue results. In the case of Townsquare Media, their revenue results were up 13%. Most of that revenue was generated by their digital services. They generated $129 million of revenue this past quarter, compared to last year at this time, which was $107 million. Beasley Media also reported its second quarter results, and they were up 8.8% to $64 million. Last year at this time, their revenue... Income was forty nine billion million. Finally, Sirius Satellite Radio also reported its second quarter revenue results, which were up 4% to $2.25 billion. Sirius Satellite Radio also made other changes, dropping their talk channel, Channel 106, Volume, which deals with the world of music. Some of the talk shows that were heard on Volume will be moving to Faction Talk on Sirius XM Radio. Now let's take a quick look and find out what's happening on the street. Congratulations to the New York Yankees who have (laughs) taken out another multi-year contract with Odyssey. Odyssey will produce the radio broadcast for New York Yankees in English and Spanish, and this is a multi-year contract. Odyssey is also making news in Los Angeles, California, because they're going to be looking for a new morning radio personality. A job opening has been posted on the Odyssey website, seeking the morning person for radio station KTWV-FM. The morning show is currently hosted by Pat Prescott, who's been doing the show for the past 21 years. Pat Prescott began her radio career working at radio station WBGO-FM in Newark, New Jersey, the all-jazz radio station. She later moved to radio station WBLS-FM in New York City, and then she moved to radio station WQCD-FM also in New York City with a smooth jazz format. Although Pat Prescott is leaving KTWV-FM, she can still be heard on the radio in New York City on radio station WBGO-FM. That's the public broadcaster with their all-jazz format. In Orlando, Florida, say song to the country music that was heard on radio station WOTW-FM. The station has dropped country music in favor of a top 40 hip-hop format. The new call letters for the radio station are WFYY-FM and they're playing 10,000 songs in a row commercial-free. Amanda Green has the part of their afternoon co-hosting chores at radio station WKRZ-FM in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. This is a station we featured a few months ago when we celebrated afternoon host Jumpin' Jeff Walker's 40-year anniversary at the radio station. Amanda Lee says she wants to spend more time with her family and focus on other aspects of her career. In other news, the breeze returns to the Jersey shore at radio station WHTG am in Eatontown, New Jersey. They've dropped their great gold moniker and are now calling themselves the Breeze. Other than the name change for the radio station, nothing else has changed at the radio station. All the music elements and formatic elements of the radio station remain the same. The only thing that has changed is the name for this radio station. In other news, let's move to Chicago, Illinois, where radio station WSHG-FM has made a change to their playlist. They're focusing now on music from the 90s through 2000s and the slogan is, we love the 90s and 2000s. We'll provide you with an air trick of this radio station in a future all things radio live broadcast. Say hello to the jazz that was being broadcast on North Texas University radio station KNTU-FM. The station has dropped its jazz programming in favor of an indie, modern rock format. With the retirement of David Boucher at radio station WMJX-FM in Boston, Massachusetts, as we predicted earlier, Odyssey replaced David Boucher with the syndicated Delilah Show. Now it's time to conclude our look at the Nielsen June Personal People meter Ratings. In Portland, Oregon, things never seem to change with the number one, two, and three-ranked radio stations. The number one-ranked radio station is KLTH-FM with the Classics format. The number two-ranked radio station is KOPB-FM with a News Talk format. And finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Portland, Oregon is KKCW-FM with an adult contemporary format. In Charlotte, North Carolina, things are also status quo with the number one, two, and 3 rank radio stations. The number one rank radio station is WKQC-FM with an adult contemporary format. The number 2 rank radio station is WKKT-FM with a country format. And finally, the number 3 rank radio station in Charlotte, North Carolina is WBAV-FM with an urban AC format. In San Antonio, Texas, the number one rank radio station is KONO-FM with a classic its format the number two rank radio station is kqxc fm with the adult contemporary format and finally the number three ranked radio station in san antonio texas is ktkx fm with a classic rock format it's Salt lake city utah talk radio is the dominant format with the number one and number two rank radio stations the number one ranked radio station is knrs fm with the news talk format followed by ksl am also programming a news talk format Finally, the number three rank radio station in Salt Lake City, Utah is KODJ-FM with a classic hits format. In Sacramento, California, the number one rank radio station is KSEG-FM with a classic rock format. The number two rank radio station is KYMX-FM with an adult contemporary format. And finally, the number three rank radio station in Sacramento, California is KFBK-AM with a news talk format. In Las Vegas, Nevada, the number one rank radio station is KSNE-FM with an adult contemporary format. The number two rank radio station is kmxb FM with a hot adult contemporary format and finally the number three rack radio station in Las Vegas Nevada is KKLZ FM with a classic hits format in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania another market where the stations are status quo with the number one two and three rack radio stations the number one rack radio station is WDVE FM with a rock format the number two rack radio station is WWSW FM with a classic hits format and finally the number three rack radio station in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania is WRRK FM with an adult hits format in Orlando, Florida. The number one rank radio station is WMGF FM with an adult contemporary format. The number two rank radio station is WXXL FM with a pop CHR format. And finally, the number three rank radio station in Orlando, Florida, is WCFB FM with an urban format. In Cincinnati, Ohio, the number one rank radio station is WLWA with a news talk format. The number two rank radio station is WGRR FM with a classic hits format. And finally, the number three rank radio station in Cincinnati, Ohio, is WRRM FM with an adult contemporary format. In Kansas City, Missouri, the number one rank radio station is KCMO FM with a classic hits format. The number two rank radio station is KCFX FM with a classic rock format. And finally, the number three rank radio station in Kansas City, Missouri is one we featured last week on All Things Radio Live. That's KMXV FM with a pop CHR format. In Cleveland, Ohio, the number one rank radio station is WZAK FM with an adult contemporary format. The number two rank radio station is WMJI FM with a classic hits format. and Finally, the number three rec radio station in Cleveland, Ohio is WNCX-FM with a classic rock format. Finally, in Columbus, Ohio, the number one rec radio station is WTVN-FM with a news talk format. The number two rec radio station is WNCI-FM with a pop CHR format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Columbus, Ohio is WLVQ-FM with a classic rock format. Finally, according to those media monitors, here are the top commercials you heard on the radio this past week. Number one is upside, followed by progressive insurance, indeed, Swiffer, and Zip Recruiter. If you have any comments concerning this portion of the podcast, there are many ways you can get in touch with me. First of all, you can send me an email. My email address is Jeff. That's J E F F Jeff at allthingsradio.net. Or you can send me a voicemail with our feedback line. The phone number is 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast. Podcast team for all things radio. I'm Jeff Bennett.
2: Thank you very much, Jeff. Great
1: job. Oh no problem. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I've
3: heard a little bit of uh, that station. Uh, she loved the '90s in Chicago '90s, and they uh, they actually may have had a live midday because She was. They do. You they, know, do. Talking they, there, they do. They uh, do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. She has she, contests she, and trivia. She things. was doing some on Facebook, and that she's going to play. Uh, uh, I forget now. It was a Britney Spears song at noon that day that I heard them. So it's yeah, basically, kind of nice
0: yeah, they, uh, yeah. they just yeah, they just up yeah, the '80s from the format. From Lauderdale,
3: and they yeah, it used to be on uh, one hundred uh, in Miami.
7: Right, now. they were they were known as "She's Only Rock and Roll."
1: That's right, and 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 we featured uh, she and not. I don't know if we featured them in Chicago, but we may have actually featured them a few years ago. So. Sometimes we we can recycle these things, and I do remember that we featured them. I also Who remember, owns them? Uh, uh, they're, they're owned, owned by, by Hubbard, Hubbard Broadcast. Hubbard Broadcast.
0: Hubbard. Okay, huh. yeah. As I said, I didn't think it was one of the big ones because they have their own skill also, to, and you know, I, thought, I didn't think Yeah, they're owned by Hubbard. You know, Hubbard is Hubbard
1: not, Hubbard's not yeah. as small as you think yes they have radio stations a lot of, but they they have a lot of TV stations uh, uh, here in Albany at least we channel 13 and its other stations are owned by Hubbard broadcasting they are they are fairly big and uh, Gin- Ginny Morris is the uh, CEO of the company
3: and they have a lot of stuff in Minnesota too so
1: so but i I think that I think I find it interesting that we're not seeing as much real heavy format changes. I mean, you know, but but of course now with everything, we're, we're, we are headed for a possible recession, although they're saying that's not going to happen. they you know, companies in radio aren't going to spend tons of money right now if they don't have to. So, and I think that's evident by some of the revenue growths that we'll find next week and uh, the week after as we get the earning reports that come in. So that's all I can tell you about that. Bill, do you want to do Jennifer's thing and we can do our Vince Scully feature?
2: Yeah, we can do that. Let me get down here to see if I can do it right this time. I don't know. <laughs> see, um, Let's see here. But if I mess up, Jennifer's, she's going to let me know about it.
5: You yeah. will not hear the end of it. That's oh, exactly
2: exactly right. She said she had some, yeah. some stuff in Indiana this week so for me to pay attention. Yeah,
5: just hope you have a comfortable couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh.
9: Outside
2: on the day. De- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here I go.
9: Hello everyone, I'm Jennifer Sparks and here are your call letter and format changes for the week of August 4th. WBQF FM 91.5 Freiburg, Maine changes frequency to 91.7 WNKN FM 105.9 Middletown, Ohio changes slogan from classic country 105.9 and 106.9 7 to 105.9, the Oasis. WHTG AM 1410, Eatontown, New Jersey, changes slogan from Great Gold 1410 to The Breeze. WRCY AM 1590, Mount Vernon, Indiana, changes slogan from Fox Sports 1590 to 90- 98.9 WPIW, WREB-FM 94.3, Greencastle, Indiana, changes slogan from WREB-FM 94.3 to Giant FM, WYFX-FM 106.7, Mount Vernon, Indiana, changes slogan from Fox Sports 106.7 to 106.7 Seven WMVI KBNW AM 1340 Bend Oregon changes slogan from KBNW 104.5 FM 1340 AM to 104.5 FM 1340 AM News Radio KBNW WIVG FM 96.1 Tunic MS. Mississippi changes slogan from Sports 56 to 96.1 Drake FM. WSGN AM 1050 Alexander City, Alabama changes calls to WFXO AM. WFXO FM 98.3 Stewartville, Alabama changes calls to WSGN FM. KJZ KBBL FM 106.3 Casadero, California changes calls to KBBL FM and changes slogan from 106.3 The Beat to Air One. KBBL FM 93.7 Sebastopol, California changes calls to KJZY FM and changes format from country to jazz. WXRO FM 95.3 Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. Changes calls to WBEV FM. WOTW FM 103.1 Windermere, Florida. Changes calls to WFYY FM. WLYI FM 103.5 Burgettstown, Pennsylvania. Changes calls to WOGH FM and changes format from classic country to country and changes slogan from Willie 103.5 to Froggy 94.9 and 104.3. KNHD AM 1450 Camden, Arkansas changes format from silent to religious teaching WJLX AM 1240 Jasper Al- Alabama changes slogan from oldies 101.5 and 1240 to WJLX 101.5 and those are your call letter and format changes for this week for all things radio I'm Jennifer Sparks wishing all of you a very good week
2: Thank you Jennifer and I'm a little disappointed I can't find that format change in Mount Vernon, Indiana. But with call letters like W-M-V-I, I I bet I know what it's going to be.
1: Where is Green Castle, Indiana? Where
2: I'm Green Castle is near Terre Haute. Mount Vernon's down near Evansville in the southeast western corner of the state in Posey County.
1: Okay, because I'm not that familiar with Indiana, except that uh, I, I visited Bloomington, but my, my nephew went to college there. So that's, so that's the only place in Indiana that I really have I've been to at the time. And that was a few many years ago. So,
2: so we'll have to see it. I bet, But I bet it dropped Spock, Fox Sports, and I bet it went religion, but I'll find out on the next break. My first two attempts failed to find out what exactly was going on. But a bet a translator is involved here.
1: I'm sure. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. Well, do you want to do the Vince Scully thing? Because I know we want to talk about that. And we also have to yep. pick, pick Chris Devin's brain after that as well.
2: Sure. Yeah, it's fitting that this tribute be right on before Chris. Because Chris knew so much about Vince that... Um, you know, we're going to steal a little bit of Chris's thunder right here, but Chris will enjoy this because oh, yeah. that thing we did on, on Sports Lounge the other day, and I got to thinking, you know, all those shows moving around on Sirius XM, wonder why Sean can't get his Shooting the Bleep on Sirius yeah. XM. <laughs>
4: yeah, so. think, yeah.
10: Maybe uh, they can't afford it.
2: That's probably it. That's probably it. But we can't afford this. So here we go with the tribute to a legend of all time right here.
11: High fly ball into right field. She is gone.
7: In a year that has been so
3: play was poetic, and he provided the unforgettable soundtrack of the Dodgers' greatest victories and yes, their struggles for an incredible and legendary 67 years.
9: Tonight, the news no one here in Southern California ever wanted to hear.
12: Dodgers Hall of Fame announcer Vince Scully has died. He was 94 years old.
3: Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm Jeff Vaughn.
12: Hi everyone, I'm Susie Sa. This is KCAL My News at 10, also streaming on CBS News Los Angeles. We have live, in-depth coverage of Vince Scully's life and passing.
3: That's right, we began with Keikonai and 9s Jamie Show with a look back at the incredible legacy that Vin leaves behind. Jamie?
12: An incredible legacy, an incredible life, an incredible career, mm. an incredible human being. Um, to know Vin Scully was was truly to love him. Just a, a, a warm, personable man who obviously was very, very good at his job. 67 years yeah. as a Dodgers broadcaster. Um, I, I Just the sound of his voice is something that I think is ingrained in yeah. people's hearts in the city for um, sure. and for really for baseball fans everywhere. Um, but 94 years, uh, Vin Scully, an incredible life, well-lived. Uh, here's a look back.
4: A lifetime love affair with words, and few use them to more remarkable effect. For more than 60 years, as the primary voice of the Dodgers, he compellingly and even-handedly delivered his unique brand of vocal magic. His legacy will not only be defined by longevity, but perhaps more importantly, by the connection he made with fans and listeners. Like great literature and music, both of which he loved, his talent was so immense as to be passed on through generations, never losing its luster or impact. Vincent Edward Scully was born November 29, 1927 in the Bronx. As a young man, he did several odd jobs until discovering a love for broadcasting while in college at Fordham University. He was recruited by the legendary Red Barber, who had been so impressed with the young Redheads' call of a college football game at Fenway Park, a game he called from the roof of the press box in 45-degree weather. Scully had forgotten his overcoat that day, but never once complained. He joined the Brooklyn Dodgers staff in 1950, and when Barber left to broadcast with the Yankees, Scully soon became the team's lead announcer, a position he would hold for the better part of the next six decades. The Dodgers would leave their longtime home in Brooklyn in 1957 for a new home in Los Angeles. And Scully's subtle style would be introduced to a brand new and untested market for Major League Baseball. Good
8: afternoon, everybody. This is Ben Scully speaking to you from the Los Angeles Coliseum as opening day has finally come to Southern California.
4: Though the Dodgers and their exciting announcer were instant hits in the city, that knew a thing or two about celebrity. And it would be here in Los Angeles that Scully would solidify his standing. And Dodgers lore every bit as important as any player who ever took the field. And over the ensuing years, his was the voice that delivered the most memorable moments in the club's history, with an innate sense of when silence spoke louder than words.
3: Two and two to Harvey Keene,
8: one strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's
7: 69 minutes. It's the impossible dream revisited.
4: Though it wasn't only the Los Angeles faithful who could appreciate Scully's vocal brilliance, he also did games nationally for NBC as well as CBS on television and radio, as well as other sports, most notably football. In fact, it was Scully behind the mic in 1982 when Joe Montana and Dwight Clark hooked up for the play that would come to be known simply... As the catch Montana
7: looking, looking, going in the end zone
4: and it! it's a madhouse at candlestick though it was baseball he would leave his true mark he received the top broadcasting award from the baseball hall of fame in 1982 He won the California Sportscaster of the Year Award 28 times and inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame in 1995. And in 2009, the American Sportscasters Association named him the top sportscaster of the century. It's
8: time for Dodger Baseball!
4: It would be easy to view his life as charmed. No one makes the journey unscathed. In 1972, his wife Joan died of an accidental medical overdose. Scully, father of three, would marry again in 1973 to Sandra Schaefer, who had two children of her own. And they would later have a child together. In 1994, Scully would lose his oldest son Michael to a helicopter accident. Through it all, Scully carried on, an intensely private man a highly visible public persona. In rare moments, he would acknowledge that the work would ease his grief, though such subjects were never discussed when he was broadcasting. In this sense, he remained consistent, and despite all his other gifts, it might have been this consistency that was most endearing. Because we always knew what to expect when we turned on those radios and televisions, Vin Scully never let us down.
12: he certainly did not. And this is a live look right now at Dodger Stadium where fans are starting to show up and and pay tribute. They're lighting candles and no doubt they're having a moment there and remembering such an iconic figure in Los Angeles sports landscape
3: definitely be a touchstone for what has happened uh, today with Vin Scully and Jamie you, you talk about how generous he was with his time, especially to journalists and you have a good story, a first hand story about that, don't you?
12: Yeah early in my career, one of the first games that I was at Dodger Stadium working a newbie, you know really, really early in my career we were sitting in the press box before the game started and people are eating and they're prepping and they're on their laptops and you're getting ready for the game and Vin Scully walks by and I thought to myself, oh my gosh there's Vin Scully truly a Titan sure. in the industry and he grabbed a chair at our table he sat down there was maybe five of us sitting there and he's just chit-chatting and you know asking how we're doing we're talking baseball we're talking life and I thought my goodness Vin Scully who's prepping to call this game just sat down and spent maybe 15 20 minutes with us and you know as a female and as a, as a young journalist To be acknowledged and accepted by someone like that really left an impression on me, and I would come to find out that's just who he was. Uh, that wasn't any kind of special treatment, that was just who he was. He made you feel like you belonged and he welcomed you. And uh, not everybody's like that. <laughs> not everybody's like that, so. Jamie, what, what do you think it really was though? You know, not just his <coughs> voice, of course, that's so recognizable around the world. Um, not just the 67 years behind the mic
9: though, he always had a message when he was talking.
12: He, he did and he really knew how to uh, read the text Temperature of a situation. Yeah. Um, a lot of things happened on the air while he was broadcasting games, and you know, aside from that, aside from having that. Um sentimental yeah. side that understood when to let a situation breathe. He also had just such funny stories. <laughs> you know, I, I I can't think of a specific player, but it would be like, you know, so-and-so at bat, his brother is of, a farmer in, <laughs> you know, in Arkansas, and they have a pig farm, and you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> just incredible, incredible yes, stories, yes. Um, and just such a, a, a gift that we have had him in our city for as long as we did, and we got to enjoy him calling those games. Uh, we're going to hear now from another Dodger legend, Steve Garvey, remembering vince Scully.
5: There's almost uh, a sense of we had him that long, and what a blessing to have had him that long. Um, and if life is God's gift to us, and what we do with it is our gift to Him, what a fabulous gift that He gave to God by by being so consistent and by caring uh, and doing what he did better than really anybody else but never with any self fanfare uh, always with a sense of, of duty to the game
2: what a special
1: you know I didn't realize uh. just how popular it was but everyone you know everyone I knew who lived in California they always mentioned Vin Scully Ooh. Vin Scully yeah Vin Scully Vin Scully. That's how. And
0: that's, he he was kind of like a Paul Harvey for sports cuz he could tell those stories like I think of the one that I heard the other day he they played one of Madison Bumgardner and a, a snake that uh, that they were killing and then they cut it open and these rabbits came out and they're saving, and just them whole describing just these random stories mixed in with the pitches and he just mm-hmm. like, he was a he seemed like he was everybody's friend everybody's friend yeah. when you heard him. Well, the thing so. about it, and I remember our friend
6: John, and he loved Vince Scully, and he was saying to him he was like a father figure because he was explaining oh. the game to him. And, you know, we all had our people. If, if you grew up in, in a certain time, they're pretty much all gone now. But our guy was Kurt Gowdy, or you had Mel Allen, or you had Russ Hodges, or you had Ernie Harwell, or whoever it was in your city who was the the voice of baseball there was no question about it nowadays you got a television voice you got a radio voice you got this you got that you got podcasts you got everything else this was the guy who said what the infield fly rule was or this was the guy that explained box this is the guy that taught you the rules and you know you can sit down with your, your parents and maybe find out some of this stuff too doesn't mean you can't but there's a special bond especially on the radio with baseball on the radio, and Vin Scully was the guy for so many people, you know, and they, they would turn on the radio because they couldn't see the game very well in the Los Angeles Coliseum. There were ninety to 100,000 seats, and they would turn on the radio, and if you listened to a Dodger game at that time, you would hear feedback from all these radios because they wanted to hear what Vin said, and that carried over to even when they went to Dodger Stadium. They still wanted to know what Vin said, even if they were there, sighted people, not just blind people. <laughs>
0: No, and also they talked about on their, you know, they'd be stuck in L.A. traffic for two hours, you know, since a lot of the teams they played were on the East Coast, 5.30 rush hour. Uh, Dodger, chances are the Dodgers were playing, so they'd have it on in their car for two hours going home, just, and they'd sit in their driveways listening to hear the end of what what Van had to say.
1: Not only did he do uh, baseball, and he did football, and he did some basketball, golf. I golf. Golf. I remember that he also had a variety show. It didn't last but it was on CBS yes. uh uh television. And a game show the, too. In the afternoons. I don't I don't remember the I don't I don't he remember. He did the a game well show. I,
0: he he had a game show in L they said he had a game show, it was only on in LA but it was a local game show, but he had a variety show. They, they talked about it on the tribute, the game show. The variety show lasted maybe a year, one season. Maybe I, think what I heard.
1: I, I didn't know that. But yeah. uh, he was very good at what he did. I mean, I, I, I will tell you that look, growing up in New York, I loved listening to Mel Allen and Phil Rizzuto and the Yankees. But, uh, but he was in Los Angeles. And I used to love, and I said this earlier when we were off the air before the show, I loved when he did those Farmer John's commercials. <laughs> he, he just knew how to read a spot. and He, just, yep, he, he did, did it all. He did it all. Over to you, Bill. I made
2: it sound believable. I'll make a couple quick op- observations. In Indianapolis, in everybody's town, they have people that are going to stand out to be broadcasters are close to the next Vince Scully we've got one in Indianapolis the guy that has become the play-by-play voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor he's one of those that's going to stand the test of time That's he's going to be a good one and when Don Fisher goes away. He's been the voice of IU for yep. um, over 50 years now. What a voice. I mean, these people really, really, really stand out. And the last thing before we get for Chris, I know we got a call from Al. We'll get that in just one second here. But those stations in Mount Vernon, I wanted to know, are 106.7 did not go religion. It went a soft adult ac a very soft oldies based format and wow. the one that was on am that went to 98.9 the translator in mount vernon actually is a classic country type station so we'll see how those formats go well, and good luck to yeah and that
0: we'll have means, more we'll have more Vince but, Scully on uh, Tuesday definitely we'll talk a lot yeah, more about him
2: oh yeah and more about oh, good. Your favorite Brian. i know yeah. bernie will be listening Al,
1: um, can you mute yourself
7: please
1: i'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry okay, about Zoom. It kept, it kept putting your hand down. It was a Zoom issue. Yeah, Go ahead. I don't know what
7: happened. But anyway, okay. uh, hit the wrong key, mate. But anyway, good evening. Sure. And uh, first, before I get to my comment about Vinnie, uh, I want to wish uh, Bill a belated happy birthday. And get a chance to call him yesterday, wishing him happy birthday.
2: Oh, thanks, Al.
7: Uh, anyway, uh, I remember hearing Vince Scully as it was back in 1974 when he was doing a World Series mm-hmm. uh, against the Oakland uh, A's back in 74. He was worked for NBC Radio doing a game. And, uh, yep. you know, we, Cleveland had their own uh, announcers. We had greats like Bob Niels, Jimmy Dudley, 50s, 60s. We had, uh, of course, Joe Tate did baseball, basketball. Ken Coleman, I remember hearing him back in yep. the 50s and 60s. And his son. Casey, you know, who unfortunately passed away from patriotic cancer back in 2007, I believe. So we had our, our own great announcers back then, back in the day yep. when I was growing up. They were all were good. And Vince Scully, I think he's one of the greatest.
2: Oh, yeah. Did you mention Neb yeah, Chandler? Absolutely. That was one of the best ones. Yeah. You remember okay, Neb okay, Chandler? My comment. All right, okay, thank you, okay, Al. I think we got one from Pam. I don't. Uh, is Pam in here yet? I thought she was. No, her,
1: no she didn't raise her hand. Oh, she, okay. Not, okay. We have to uh, so, so Why don't we talk about Chris? go ahead. Well, we just real quick
5: the uh, place to find this radio group, uh, Bill or whoever is uh, indie radio alums and fans.
2: Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, thank you so much. And yes. we'll get, yes. that's
5: another another connection to Indianapolis,
4: right? Right, there. another yeah, connection.
5: We, we had gone a good half hour without talking about mm-hmm. Indianapolis. Well, actually, we Bill no, no, no. brought it up. No, no, no. Bill brought it up.
2: I brought it up. Blame
0: during- yeah. yeah. me. Yeah, I know, I know. It's okay. It's okay. Man,
2: we're I all from where we're from. i almost learned that.
3: Entire dial of how things are aligned. I think <laughs> in Indianapolis radio—that's so pretty cool. Just, a just, you'd, you'd, you'd get there, Gary, and you wouldn't have to look for anything. You yeah. know, right where to go. A couple oh. of those stations I've gotten on sporadic E openings in various parts of Texas, so uh, uh, like yeah. WNAP, which was admittedly what forty something years ago when they were WNAP, oh, yeah. but I like them then. They sounded uh-huh. good <laughs> for the twenty <laughs> minutes I heard them.
2: I think my it's brother Dick too, in Wisconsin, and he, he solved the argument. Somebody gone on me about that, and he goes, "You own the candy store," so he he, he kind of right, signed Pam, it out. All right, Pam, you go have ahead, your hand Pam. raised.
1: Go ahead, Pam, please. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, unmute yourself, please.
5: Go, Pam. Uh, go,
2: Pam. We're that's counting. That's what I said, Pam. I, agree. Oh, yeah. I, I know it's yeah.
1: if you're on your iPhone, the mute button is, I believe, in the bottom left, left corner. Of the lower left yeah. corner of your phone. Lower left
3: corner.
2: We are very patient here because yeah. we just love to talk. So kind of.
3: Oh, yeah. No, not really. Yeah.
5: yeah. Well,
2: okay, we'll, ha- we'll have to get face back
0: face
5: to you, Pam. Face. Just leave me a Facebook message. <laughs> face I'll, I'll convey it to everybody. To <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> and then we'll get her. We're, we're, we're trying to talk to you, Pam, but I guess okay. okay. So there I think goes. I got it now. Okay, there
7: you are. Yes, okay,
2: I good. do
9: remember he did uh, have, I
3: believe, another game show uh, that was national. It was something... It, I, it didn't last very long either, but uh, I forget what it even was now. But I thought, oh my goodness, you know, he's mm-hmm. he does a lot of things here.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. I got uh, him. A, yeah. Yeah. From well,
6: Craigway. the thing that, that he had going for him, he had this personality, you know, he came across the same all the time when you, he'd say, pull up a chair, it's time for Dodger baseball, and, you know, people would pay attention, you know, and his favorite word was remarkable, and he was remarkable,
0: you know, I'm yeah, glad you got to hear him a- when
6: they were talking about him.
0: And you you got to hear him a lot, Pam, I'm sure, grow, back there, you know, living out there, you got to hear a lot of him. He did. And-
3: Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, we we we're not particularly baseball fans either. One of
0: us, but we
9: certainly mm-hmm. heard. Dave, oh, yeah. as Dave
0: says he grew up with him.
1: I don't really remember yeah. the Brooklyn Dodgers on the radio in New York. Because, I mean, I'm, I, they were moving out by 1958. I think they moved out to the West Coast, and so. Um, for me, I really didn't remember them, but I do remember that uh, that my parents would tell me about the Brooklyn Dodgers and the uh, and the and the New York and the Giants uh, moving out to the West Coast at the same time. So. Oh yeah. All right. Thank Thanks, you, parents. guys. Thank you, guys.
6: Actually, the interesting thing about the Dodgers in the last year, the Yankees were on WMCA, the uh, Giants were on WINS, and the Dodgers were on WMGM, which was WHN, and they were all three of the. They were the three rock stations. But they had baseball. So, you know, that when WABC got the Mets, it wasn't that weird. There was a precedent that had been. And when the Yankees, um, uh, when WMCA, when the Dodgers and Giants left, the Yankees went to WMGM. So there was a lot of rock and baseball in those days.
2: Yes, there there was. we oh. go. So, all right. Speaking of legends, we'll change the emphasis for just about 10 or 15 minutes here and we're going to put chris in the spotlight chris devins speaking of legends you know i didn't know anything about chris until one day we used to the feedback line was a lot bigger back in those days because we didn't have all the live Joe's on the podcast and all that stuff. This was pre-all of that. And Chris called in about Notre Dame football. And I said, anybody that smart and that knowledgeable needs to be on the legend. So then we went on the hunt and we got that all. Taken I was, I was care of. Hard to find. Of. I was
6: hiding. I was in the witness protection program, but well, I know. And, you
2: know, I, I do. I've got <laughs> so. your file from working for the government, like we both did. I have your file, right. It file right, right, right here. So you're on that government watch list. But tell me right. exactly, and now I can sit back and drink coffee for about seven yep, minutes. Who is Chris Devon?
6: Okay. Well. You know, we, 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 this is a show about radio, and really there's a lot about me that has to do with radio. So many of my early memories uh, are about radio, and I remember things based on where I was in the house, what radio I was listening to when things would happen, so I could put things in perspective. I, I have, a, as you know, Bill pointed out with the, uh, with the Notre Dame thing, I have a good memory for stuff, but you know, sometimes things are hazy, especially when you're about three years old. So what happened when, when I was three... My brother was born just eight days before I turned three. And so my mother, at that point, had six kids and six boys, and uh, I was number four of the six, and three in diapers, us younger three. We're all in diapers. So either the pediatrician told her or somebody said, you know, he's getting to be three. You're going to be busy. You, you know, you can't devote all, as much attention as you'd like to. You know, get him listen to the radio. I don't know who told her to do this. and She probably regretted it, and everybody else did after that. But so at that time, we had a big, what everybody used to have, these big TV radio record player things. And I think we had gotten it in 1951. I was born November 30th, 1949. And I think we got it in 51. Of course, I don't remember that. But when I think of the early years up until the summer of 54, and I think of certain songs or certain things, I remember listening to them on that radio. And I started to learn where the stations were. And I really liked it in the afternoon because we had, um, you know, it wasn't rock and roll yet. Nobody was playing rock and roll. But well, we had top 40 shows. They didn't call them top 40 either. They were pop music shows. So we had Bob Clayton on WHDH. We had uh, Ken Malden, and, uh, Malden on WVDA. And we had Jay McMasters on uh, WMEX. And I would dial And WRL was, was doing the same thing. So I would dial around. And I started to learn at 3 and 4 how to dial the radio, and I would dial around for for this and that. Now, the interesting thing about the music of that day is I had to learn a lot later from Bob Moak and others when things all slotted in to the pop charts, because you'd hear a song like Tennessee Waltz over and over again. Tennessee Waltz was out in late 50, early 51, but it didn't matter because, hey, they played oldies then. They didn't go, you know, Wax Museum, oldies, they just played them, you know? So. I didn't really get until 53, 54 when a new song was coming out. I would just hear all these songs, and they were the songs you heard. So you'd hear Rag Mop and Tennessee Waltz mixed in with Viacondios or whatever was out in 53 when it was, or, or uh, you know, Rags to Riches. It was all the same. It didn't didn't really matter. And so you were just listening to it. So we had the Combo TV radio record player. Then it died in the summer of 54. Well, that was actually a boon to me. Because everybody in the family knew, and my mother definitely knew how important radio was to me. So they got me a little table model, and I was also moving upstairs. This was the year I was going to go into kindergarten. So I was going to move upstairs and, you know, have this radio and be able to listen to things on my own. And so that's what I mean. If I can think of listening to it upstairs, I can think of when it was out. Like summer of 54 was, from then on, it was a big change. I learned a valuable lesson. I was telling the guys this story the other night on the conference learned a valuable lesson uh, when we had Hurricane Carol on uh, August 31st, 1954. We were downstairs at uh, 1030 in the morning watching Ding Dong School, and the power went out. And this was my first experience with the power going out. And I said, oh, well, I guess I'll go upstairs and listen to Arthur Godfrey. My mother said, no, you won't go upstairs and listen to Arthur Godfrey because the electricity is off and your radio won't work either. I'm like, oh, my God. So all day long, we had to, like, talk to each other and stuff and try to hold our back door closed and things like that, you know. So um, that was was a valuable learning expression, uh, you know, time. Then um, as far as learning to DX, WBZ dropped NBC in uh, and I was, once I got upstairs, my mother couldn't stand soap operas, so once I got upstairs, I started to listen to everything, you know, soap operas, whatever, old-time radio, well, it wasn't old-time radio yet, but, you know, the suspense or, or uh, you know, the shadow or whatever was still on in the 50s, you know, they were on up into the late 50s, some of them, mid-50s. So I remember a lot of them when they were still on, because I was lucky enough to be around in 54, 55. Well, when BZ dropped NBC, all the soap operas were gone. I'm like, Oh, so it was like two weeks there. I couldn't find them. Then I'm fooling around on my radio upstairs one, one afternoon, and I'd never really tried to get faraway stations. And here was like Pepper Young's family. It was on WJAR in Providence. Wow. And there's WCSH in Portland. They've got NBC, too, Portland, Maine. How did this happen? How did this work? So then I was hooked on, on this stuff. And then I was lucky enough. I, w- I was going to school in Braintree near the end of my second grade year. The Braintree Lions wanted to do something for us kids in Braintree, and so what happened was they gave uh, the other three kids that were starting, two of them had already started the school, another girl was going to start uh, her first grade year uh, that fall in 57th, they gave them all Braille writers, but my mother, who was a wave in, in the war, had gotten to know this woman named Muriel Donovan, who was a, a transcriber, and she uh, she had learned to transcribe in a volunteer group when she got out of the war. So. She had already given me a Braille writer. So I had a Braille writer. So they said, well, what would Chris like? We're getting these other people something. So I got a Hallecrafter radio. Oh, man. I remember June 15, 1957, that morning, dialing around, and I discovered New York radio. I could get tons of New York stations all day on that thing. WMCA, WRCA at the time, WOR, uh, WCBS, WINS. Uh, I could get uh, you know WMGM and WNEW, and then I was I could get the Providence station so much better and stuff. So this was great. I was all set to go with that, and then I discovered, then I discovered sports, because what happened that April, I was I remember listening to WCOP and they said the Celtics are, and I didn't even know who the Celtics were, but they're going into overtime and they could win the championship. I said, well, Boston, winning a championship, that would be interesting, whatever they're doing. So I put on this basket, and this guy, this Johnny Most, is yelling and screaming the overtime. And they won the game in double overtime against the Hawks. That was their first championship. And I had always been fascinated, like Vin Scully, with the sound of crowds. I didn't follow sports, but I loved the sound of the crowd. What Vin said was he started when he was a kid in the 30s, and he would just listen to the games, lie under his big speaker. He had one of these big contraptions to the big old-time Crosley radios or whatever, and he would lie under the speaker and just be fascinated by the sound of the crowd, and so was I, and that got me going on sports, though, that it was exciting, and I heard the locker room interviews and stuff, and then, you know, I, I went, uh, you know, got started that summer to start listening to the Red Sox and that fall I didn't even know who the Bruins were yet but I found out we didn't have a football team yet but I started to follow the Browns because they were on H D. H. and so forth and then the Giants so I was always interested in radio, and luckily I got to go to public school, so I was staying home uh, during, you know, in the afternoons, I'd get home at a reasonable hour, a lot of time I know the kids in the residential schools would have to do different after-school activities, which I'm sure were fun, but you couldn't do as much radio, so I got into sports talk like with Bill Mazur, I used to listen to him all the time, and of course I would would listen to the New York stations, I got into Gene Shepard, I got into all our people too, of course. And then I wanted to go when, I, as I graduated high school, I wanted to uh, get into radio, as most of us did. So um, I, this was kind of a lucky thing. My mother did; they had this thing called a vo- vocational objective that you had to do if you were going to study something with the commission. You had to prove that it would be a viable cu- uh, career for a blind person. Well, what happened was, my mother said, "Oh, there's got to be some blind people in radio. This is ridiculous." So I'm going to write. Now, she happened to pick because she loved him on TV. I'm going to write David Brinkley and find out about this. So she wrote a letter to David Brinkley, who sent her a letter back and said, I can put you in touch with Ed Walker. Ed Walker was working in the same building as he was in Washington. So Ed Walker sent me a tape, or I sent him a tape, and we we did a couple of tapes. But then I could say to these people, yes, there are blind people doing radio. So I did want to go to Boston University. And do political science, because I knew if I got into radio, I might want to do, like, a talk show and stuff. I knew a lot about music, but I wanted to do uh, a talk show. So, because i had been interested in public stuff, you know, news since about the 1956 conventions. I was bummed they were taking off my shows, but I enjoyed the, the convention, the sound of the hall. And, you know, just it, it was really back when conventions meant something. So, I started to get into public, you know, to the news uh, right along after that. So, then I went to BU, did the political science. Then, because Kenny Meyer had gotten into WBZ by that time, I went to Graham Junior College and took communication courses. I was kind of chicken to try to run the, the equipment and stuff, but I didn't end up doing that. But then I went on you know, to Social Security and, and National Braille Press. And I think in a lot of ways, my radio training has helped me be a good uh, service rep at Social Security and also be a, a person to, I feel like a journalist when we're doing books and an editor to some degree. Because when we do books, we run into typos. What are we going to fix? What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this up? Certain consumers, certain um, providers of magazines will allow you to do some editing. And I did a lot of that for, like, the person Perkins publications and things like that. So a lot of things you learn in communication, you know, stand you in good stead, even if you don't actually do it for a career. And then Bill has given me the opportunity to, to do this. You know, uh, these this show and to do the the sports show and to pop into the coffee club when I can or or the uh, lunch bunch on Monday, and I just feel really happy about that. And uh, you know, it's just I know it's a ten minute long answer to hello, but uh, you know that's that's my life really as far as radio and and communication and really and the forty. I'm only a piker. I've only done at N V for 46 years. I got a long way to go to catch Ben.
2: Hey bro, you can't so hold yeah, you can't <laughs> hold the phone. I think
6: he said hello. I think really pretty much tonight. He, he can't and he hold he wanted to have some coffee. And I know Jeff had two cups because he drinks it faster than the Bill does. He,
2: right, he drinks it faster than I do. And I told you I was right on just to ask you one question. I could sit back and i you were exactly
1: right. But I have so, one question for you, but ahead, I'll let Jeff. Bill go. No, go you're sure? What no, was you your go. favorite station as a kid? Because you, obviously you talk about listening to all these radios. And you mentioned yeah. some radio announcers. But what was your favorite station?
6: Well, the thing is, you know, as you go along, when I was a kid, the station I really liked the best when I was younger, really young, was WEI because they were CBS and they had a lot of the shows. They had the old-time radio, they had the soap operas, they had all that stuff. And, you know, at that point, I liked the music. I didn't become really what I'd call a rock. I liked all kinds of music, you know, whatever they were playing on the radio. You know, if they played Perry Como, that was fine. If they played Elvis, that was fine. You know, I mean, I had no preconceived notion. Until 1960, I started to go to this day camp and I said, you know... I'm getting to be ten years old, almost eleven. I, I'm getting into rock and roll. So then I kind of switched over to MEX for a while as my favorite. I would then say, and then I go to BZ because that was a mature uh, thing with all the personalities. MEX had cool DJs too. Don't get me wrong. We were very lucky to have the two stations. I've said that before. But you know, then I got into BZ with with Bruce Bradley and Dave Maynard and Jeff K and, and Dick Summer and everybody. That was very cool. And then of course. Really got into the DXing with KBW and all those stations at night and, you know, going around Chicago and, you know, because I had the helicopter. I was very, I feel so fortunate, you know. uh, Lou Gehrig said it, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I mean, for radio, for the things I got to hear and and staying in one place, I don't mind. Everybody else in this panel has moved around and lived in different places. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen this whole. Evolved, you know, from the, all the stations, and you know, I think back to when WRKO was WNAC, and the eight fifty was HGH, and not EGIAM, and five ninety was EGI. You know, I was there when it all began, you know, and and like it was, it, it's really unfortunate to see what's happened to all that stuff, especially the AM dial, which that's why I'm an AM person because I had a good fifteen years of AM before I even got an FM radio, you
5: know. Well. <laughs>
2: It's okay, Greg. Uh, I, uh, we're running from the law, Chris. So go, go ahead, Bernie.
5: Uh, Chris, I when, I, uh, I haven't moved around much, by the way. Uh, huh. So okay, I've been in Indiana all my life, and I I don't really like AM radio. Uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, I think it is just unfortunate that you. Did not have an incredible career in radio. You, you're a great speaker, you have a great voice, you're a great communicator, and I've always been amazed by you. I always talk about you to my wife, uh, because you, you have really impressed me, even though you don't like the fact that I voice track, and I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't mind. That's great. You're making <laughs> you money.
6: You know, you you, probably don't like the fact you, that you I get to work at home, it. you know? I, you still have to go you in. I get to work at home for the last uh, four years. That's cool. As long as you're making the money, I, that's the I important just,
5: thing, you know? I just think, you know, and I know you, you say this, but I really wish that you had had a radio career. And there are a couple of guys They're on new. this panel who I feel the same way about. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's almost oh. not fair because I've had
1: such an incredible mm-hmm. career and it's...
5: Yeah, I, I should share
1: with somebody, but I won't. But, I'd heard you but, on I would
5: have listened to your talk show.
1: But, you know, Bernie, as, as, would, as, as I've said before, it's, it's a lot of what of what it is radio that you can see or you can't see. But if you can't see and you get the job on radio, you met the right person and you were at the right place right. at the right time. Yep. That was, you, you can't change the yeah. sense. See, and, that,
6: and there was already a Kenny. You know, I could have done, I think, what Kenny, and nothing against Kenny, he's a good guy. But I probably could have done what Kenny did. But he got there, one point. got to be. Yeah. Well, but he can The thought process wasn't like that in 1971 or whatever. You know, they would they were saying, "Hey, we got our, our we got our guy," and, and uh, maybe gone to another station and done it. But I was always a little chicken of, of the equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. I really yeah, I've anything. gotten yeah. more relaxed <laughs> doing this than this is the way I would have if I'd gotten in the door and gotten relaxed. This is the thing, you know. And I, I think I still sounded the same when I did interviews. I, we had a show for our organization, the Blind Leadership Club, on WBUR, and that was really cool. And I got to do interviews there, and I did okay with that. We had other things that I did, you know, for the organization on the air. But I think this has totally relaxed me because I'm, I always feel like I'm among friends. We, we go back and forth, you know, on all the, on the panels. And I'm also... It it comes from the phone world where I've known some of these people from that, so it's not like we're coming into these panels like we don't know these people. It's like we we, we already know each other, and it makes the shows flow, you know, in a different way than they would if if we didn't
5: know who, you know, like the well, air, you, you know, all things radio. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Yeah, he, Bernie, I, he came I, to the he,
0: he came after he came after you left the phone world, Bernie. Yeah, <laughs> he came after <laughs> <laughs> he came later. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, huh? I always Go thought, ahead. and we've ta- we've talked about this. I mean, like I said, I, even even if I don't agree with you, sometimes I would I would have listened back then if I didn't know who you were. Probably said, "Oh, this guy's interesting," and we've talked about how Chris and Perry could do a crossfire oh, yeah, show, Perry, and yeah. they could exactly. they could just because they disagree, but they're very respectful, they, they, right. cause in our, and they because you know sometimes we get in conferences and they get in some discussions, and you know it's really. It's interesting, but, I mean, they're respectful. They're having their opinions, and well, it's yeah. just back and forth. And I said people would listen to that. I you know? know that I
3: grew up in a time when I could have friends who I actually politically disagreed with, and we could politically disagree, and we could, We were all allowed to do that back uh, then. You know,
5: holler and yell at
3: each other, <laughs> and then we go out and have a beer and talk about radio. back.
1: let's get back to Chris here. Chris, although you didn't work in radio... Um, did you yeah. do any radio work when you were at Grom Junior College?
6: Uh, Graham. Uh, Graham. Um, you know, the, the thing is that I did I, I did some interviews. They asked me to interview, like, the football coach, and I did that one time. I interviewed Ken Meyer one time, you know, and I did a show uh, for that. I, I never got, like, a music show I could have, you know, if I'd I gone. They, they, the studios were available. I could have gone in there, but you know, I'm a little, little technophobic. Now I'm getting a little bit better at it. You know, different people have gotten me into different things. You know, I've got the Braille Sense. I've done. I can. I'm a root traveler on our computer. You know, I can. I can send out an email or send out an email on the Braille Sense. But I'm not a big tech person. I mean, and when I retire, mm-hmm. I'd like to learn more about stuff. You know, and I think I can. I, I've always believed in myself that if, in a way. That I could do whatever, learn whatever, because I know, uh, you know I have a good memory and all that stuff. But as far as, like, I was just sort of, tech- you know, phobic about what if I, you know, put something too loud? What if I wreck something? What if I do? <laughs> exactly. And these were these were accessible boards. I mean, you could turn the turntable to the quarter oh, turn. Yeah. You could do up the record, and you had the pots, and you could memorize, and then the thing to the right it was on. To the left, the thing was off, whatever it was. You know, it was really into, you know, it was easy to do, it was something, I should have just sat down and done it, I just didn't, but, you know, I got into Social Security, and that was fine, talking to the people, and then I got into NBP, and I think that was really my calling, you know, a lot of people have a job, like Ben had a calling, I think I had a calling, to do that, to put out the best braille that we could, and to really use my intelligence to do it, Think about the end user, the braille person. What are they going to want to know? How are they going to want this formatted? What are they going to want to see? And I think that really turned out, and it's very, the braille code is just as detail-oriented as the as the social security code that Bill and I had to learn when we did our, our training. And, you know, it's it's something that, you know, maybe I would have made more money in radio. I, I don't really care. Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. Yeah, maybe but, yeah. but, I, yeah. but, but I've had fun. And now getting to do it at home. You know, Bernie and I in 2018, it's that, that's, that's a great year for us, you know. We got to uh, transition into me continuing the full time. He's just not doing that. But he's getting more more free time to do whatever because I'm not
5: commuting three hours a day. So what is it exactly that you do now? I <laughs> they keep asking me, what have you been doing there for 46 <laughs> <Yeah>.
6: years? Uh, <laughs> what is it you do? I, I proofread So what happens oh. is. The way this works, and of course I used to do it in there and do all kinds of stuff, and I've been the supervisor of the department and answered all kinds of questions and this and that, and I still know the code, you know. and I had to learn UEB, the new code, to do this. But now they send me the pages, because I'm not, again, some people would read them on a device, but they send me the pages, they're willing to do that, they know I'm going to put in my eight hours a day in in a conscientious way, and so I read them, and then I email the error, we create what are called error sheets, they'll say page six, line seven, should have been, uh, therefore, not thereof or something, whatever it is. Right, and We right. a- mail these error sheets in to the transcriber and to NVP and then the corrections are made, and they go on and they do the second co- corrections and the you know check it over, make sure all the errors were corrected, and then it, it goes on through the process. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. And, and so I'm reading books yes. all the time. Some of them are good, good some of them are horrible, but you know they're
7: they're they're books. Um, and Chris, I, I find when I first moved to Boston. I found mm-hmm. radio very interesting because you had WIOD doing yep. show music and doing a tie-in during the day, and yep. you had WCOP. By the way,
6: Ken Malden worked in Miami at one time. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did, I think so. I heard. Where did he work? WGBS, was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. but when did WIOD first go sold? In 1961. So what happened was, they were before that, they were very interesting. Now, there were some stations I didn't find out about until about 56, 57, when I really got, uh, you know, the DXing thing got in. I knew about COP. I knew about the daytime stations and this and that. But about 56, I found the station WBMS. And what they were doing was they, they had different stuff. They had Symphony Sid. They had Ken Maldon, He was there at that point. He was doing a, a pop show. Symphony Sid. They had a guy named Savvy Lewis playing jazz. And they had a whole jingle about them. Then in 57, they became W.I.L.D., and they were top 40, but they were a daytimer. They were 1090, so they had to go off for WBAL. So that was, you know, um, and then, of course, we have the famous story of Todd O'Hara in 1958, who decided to start playing Fever by Peggy Lee and just playing it and playing it and playing it. They had to come and drag him out of the studio. That's a famous story from August of 1958. But, you know, so then they went the middle of the road. And, and stuff, Johnny Most did, would do a Red Sox recreation show in 1960. But in 1961, they hired Wildman Steve, a wild man, Steve and, and Early Bird, Jimmy Bird. And then they would go soul. But you're right, in the middle of the day, they'd have Italian. And then Lavelle Diet, who ended up on WBZ, would do a talk show uh, from like 1 to 2 in the afternoon. And then they'd get into the, into the soul. But, of course, it was a daytime or So the black population is small. So they did that. They didn't have a full-time soul station here.
1: You said uh, Wildman Steve. Was that Wildman Steve Gallon? I think, his name? Uh, I, I don't know what his last name was. but I think he's the same guy I heard wow. on WWCO in Waterbury, Connecticut. I have an air truck of him from the 1950s, 57 and fifty. That makes sense. That would make sense that you'd come up here. Sure. So, Sure.
6: Who works well, in Miami? You want to know what?
10: W-A-M-A and W-M-B-M.
1: Okay. Oh, Very okay, good. He was well, pretty cool. Real, well, I don't know what to say, Chris, but it sounds like you have a, you've, you've had a remarkable life. I've only I haven't known you all that long. I met you once back in uh, Holbrook, Massachusetts, at our friend Don's house, and we certainly yep. started talking radio there. And uh, and but so it was very interesting talking to you here.
6: Yeah, thank you. Oh, well, wow. it's been fun. Uh, thank you, Chris. Next week we're doing uh, Bernie. I, uh, don't be late because uh, yeah, we I think we're doing you next week.
1: <laughs> no, we've done Bernie already.
6: Have we Did we do Bernie? Oh,
7: oh we're doing, doing really Bill. Yet.
6: No, we or are we known. doing Jeff? We doing Bill or Jeff?
2: Hold on, hold Who are we doing Bill? I think Bernie's turn is to be on the hot Let's seat. do
1: somebody.
2: Yeah, we'll do somebody. Is that
1: is that a salt? Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, we had Bernie when he retired, but he hasn't been on the hot seat, and Bill
0: no. has not been on the hot seat, and Jeff no. hasn't been on the hot seat. No. Jeff has no. We got people coming up.
2: So uh, yeah. it's called filler. You know, I was worried about what we were going to do between 7.30 and 8 tonight because Tim was going to be busy, and he couldn't pick it up. I don't have to worry now.
4: There you go. No. Oh, you,
5: yeah. you, you picked He picked the yeah. right one. That's, that's why you it. had Chris this week. Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: exactly right. And I, I helped find Chris, so you know what I mean? I brought him here to the yeah. legend.
9: That's
2: kep, right. kep, kep, yeah, Chris, the only thing I want we'll
1: to say before you go is if you Oh, go ahead, Bernie. We we'll only got to ask one question. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, Chris, if you could only have that Holly radio, radio, if you knew that it, if it was in good working condition, how valuable that would be now.
6: Yeah, but the problem was with half the time it wasn't again. The problem with tubes, things would go out. I mean, hey, who knows what killed off that TV radio thing. And then you had to go out and buy three things. You know, you didn't have a radio anymore. You didn't have a television. You didn't have a record player. So, you know, people were all excited about that furniture and it looked great and the stuff. But then the thing would die. And you were done for, you know? So, uh... Uh, yeah. I don't know whether the picture tube, what the big thing was, but there were so many tubes in these things. And the other thing is, I would uh, b- b- dial springs would break
7: because I was a dial. Oh yeah, from.
1: oh, so, oh. You know, oh yeah. I used to have that
7: happen. Oh, lot, we
1: know that. My, cool. I can't tell you. My dad was taught himself how to fix that, Bernie. And I will tell you that when I broke yes. the dial cord, he oh. would pound the table. Not again. Yeah, really. Yeah.
6: And oh the, yeah. The thing, <laughs> the, the cool thing about the Haller you could raise the cover up just enough stick your hand in and turn the little wheel in there and you didn't need the
2: dial. (laughs) Kind of like I did the ice maker tonight. Break, yeah. So, (laughs) thank you so much, Chris. It was so enjoyable and it's a lot of fun to getting to know, finding out facts about People and people you work with every week and hey, we can have our disagreements, but we're always there for each other. So oh, yeah Absolutely. We, we never disagree yeah <laughs> you know we never I don't disagree with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is it? I was to JMV yesterday. There's oh, another no, plug. Disagree. And he was talking about, he said, we can disagree on everything else, but we agree about Vince Scully. He said, that's a go. given. That's a given. All right, well, here's a given, mm-hmm. Jeff. It's your time for WCBS-FM.
1: Yeah, is we're going to remember a, Don K. Reed.
2: Is this a doo op Shop? Somebody. This is
1: doo op Shop, and the reason I chose it is because it's it's typical. I know that it's New York, and a lot of people say, "Oh, New York," but it, what was it? What was it? Is what was played in the fifties, and he modernized the show a bit. And you get to hear what current groups were doing back then when he was doing right. the op Shop. So, and he came, and, and when you hear him, you'll notice he's not a real top forty screaming announcer. He came from the world of album rock at WLIRFM in Garden City, New York. So. But he was very popular when he was on the air and until the station went to the Jack FM format back in 2005.
2: Well, all I can tell you is we'll enjoy it and more do. If somebody didn't, they hung up as soon as you said doo-wop. Boom, they were gone. But for the people that are left, here you go.
1: This week in I our Classic segment, we're going to remember a radio announcer who passed away about two weeks ago. His name is Don K. Reed and he came to WCBS-FM during its freeform album rock days in 1971. But by 1975 he was hosting the Duop Shop on WCBS-FM. The Duop Shop was a regular staple of WCBS-FM up until 2002. The station wanted to seek a younger audience and so they discontinued the Duop Shop. However, Don K. Reed continued working at WCBS-FM until 2005 when it adopted the Jack FM format. Later on, Don K Reed did a radio show for the Belmonts Radio Net, which we featured on an earlier All Things Radio podcast. So, without further ado, want to hear the doo-op Shop as it aired on November twenty seventh, nineteen ninety four, on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live.
5: Don K Reed. Don-
11: CBS FM. All right, we're open for business. It's the Duop Shop, and uh, I want you to dance with me a little bit. CBS FM. Benny King, The Drifters. There, 1959, and dance with me through the night, all night long. We've got them for you here in the Duop Shop. airs <laughs> now. CBS FM, there it goes, all night long with the Demoriers here on CBS FM. Here's something from their uh, latest album, Randy and the Rainbows, the title of the album, Silver and Gold. And here's the song with the same name, Silver and Gold. FM. That's the sound of, yes, you know who, the Dells here at 101.1. And that is, uh, oh, oh, what a night, taking it back to 1956 here at CBS FM. Coming up in just a moment, uh, we have a little something from uh, Frankie Lyman. Frankie Lyman uh, and uh, the teenagers, uh, they're going to do uh, I Want You to Be My Girl. I want you to uh, to give me a call here at CBS FM. 1-800-367-1101 is the request line number, and if you've got something we can play, uh, we'd be happy to do it. And uh, we got, uh, yes, we have them right here. Fm Zola Taylor on lead there in 1957 with "He's Mine." That was around February of that year. Hey, you're here in the duop shop at twenty past seven o'clock, and I said I'd go to the phone, didn't I? When Did I lie to you? Hi, ah, you're in the duop shop. Who's this? Uh this Charlie Schwank, Don. Where are you calling from, Charlie? Uh, three point Brooklyn. Charlie, what can I get on for you? Uh, I like to hear "Down the Isles of Love" by the Quintones. Who does it go to? Uh, to my wife, Ann. FM, we walked down the Isle of Love, the Quintones, and uh, that was the summer of 1958. We're working on having uh, some of the Quintones uh, drop by the doo shop, the lead voice as a matter of fact. Uh Possibly sometime next year. It's uh, 23 minutes past 7 o'clock. You're here in Don K. Reed's doo shop. And don't you forget now that uh, CBS FM 101.1 is making those Christmas and Hanukkah wishes come true. Send or fax your wish to CBS FM 101.1. And be sure to do it today. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, okay? At CBS FM, you're in the Doop shop. The emotions are my very special guests. They'll be here later on tonight. They'll be here at 11. Between 9 and 10. We have uh, the feature hour, and tonight we're going to feature uh, some Christmas uh, music because, well, Thanksgiving, the official start of the Christmas holiday season, and we have uh, on collectibles both of these particular uh, albums are uh, on collectibles. One is the Ultimate Christmas Album from WCBS FM, 101.1, and also A Rhythm and Blues Christmas, Volume 4. We'll uh, let you hear some of the selected cuts from those two Christmas albums as uh, we get to 9. Between 9 and 10, we'll be doing... Doing that and of course all through the night till 11 anyway we'll be taking your requests at 1-800-367-1101. You're in the doob shop where this portion of the Don K. Reed show is sponsored in part by Amico. Amoco, you expect more from a leader. Coming up, Earl Lewis and the channels and hey we're going to take a look at that gleam in your eye. We're going to go back to 1956 too but before we do that let's check the weather for us here at uh, CBS FM Weekend 101. A winter weather advisory is in effect for the tri-state region. A gale warning is in effect for Long Island Sound, nearby ocean waters, and New York Harbor. Tonight, snow, sleet, and rain becoming all rain by midnight, with lows in the upper 20s. And they say one to three inches of snow accumulating north and west of the city. For tomorrow, it'll be cloudy with rain heavy at times, highs in the mid-50s. For Tuesday, the outlook is for cloudy and breezy. Showers possible. Highs will be in the 50s. Right now, it's uh, 38 degrees. Temperature seems to be on the rise. Before we get to Earl in the channels, I want to make mention of an NBA play with Charlotte over uh, New York. Uh, 105 for Charlotte, the Knicks, 95. All right, Earl, you're on. CBS FM. There it is. That's the sound of, uh, of course, the pastels and so far away. At 101.1, you're in uh, the doop shop with Don K. Reed. It's a Sunday night in New York, and there's there's plenty more where that came from. In fact, we are going to go to the phone in just a moment at 1-800-367-1101 and pick up another request for you. But first, I'm going to bring in the showman because they're going to sing around, sing about rock and roll, about how it's going to, you know, stand the test of time. The emotions, my guests. Tonight, later on. Rock, Lori from Yonkers. Lori from Yonkers, how are you doing? I'm fine, Don. How are you this evening? Good, good. Glad I'm talking to you. Glad to talk to you, too. This is really good to get through to you. Have you been trying?
9: I've been trying more than you'll ever know.
11: (laughs) Okay, what can I play?
9: I'd like to hear Willie Winfield and the Harp Tones, the Shrine of St. Cecilia. I'd like to dedicate it to my brother, Carl, who lives in Deacon, New York. Okay, we got it. Thank you so much. Another Harp tone lover.
11: CBS FM, Willie Winfield and the Harptones Air, the Shrine of St. Cecilia. My request, happy to play it, too. And we have just 17 minutes away from the hour of 8 o'clock. I want to say uh, thank you to everybody out at Westbury. It was so nice to us uh, when we got a chance to be the special host of the first show, of the uh, TNT show out there, The Tops and the Temptations. Uh, I want to thank, uh, of course, uh, Daniel uh, Kelligan, and I've uh, got, to, got to mention uh, Laura Kurtz. who was so nice to us uh, out there and all the security folk and everybody at Westbury Music Fair. It was fun to get out there and uh, say hello to the crowd. Beautiful audience there, the first show, and I'm sure the second show was uh, exactly the same as far as the the audience. And uh, what a dynamite uh, duo, I'll tell you. The Temptations and the Four Tops TNT. You ain't kidding. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. They are absolutely dynamite. This particular portion of the show, the doo op Shop, sponsored in part by AT&T. Here I am, running to catch a plane. AT&T Digital Answering Systems and other line at AT AT&T products are available at, of course, Caldor. Make this a rock and roll Christmas with the WCBS FM 101.1 Ultimate Christmas Album. 25 great songs for the 25th. Featuring Chuck Berry. Run, run, you wonder the The temptations and many more available at nobody beats Beats the Wiz and other leading music stores you'll be rocking around the christmas tree with the ultimate christmas album from collectibles records and cbs fm (laughs) 101.1
9: This is Baby Washington, and you're in Don K. Reed's
11: Dubop shop, here on CBS-FM. CBS-FM, that's uh, Baby Washington. That's the time. The time is ten in front of eight. Here's uh, the elegance, and musically, they'll say goodnight. We won't say goodnight until about midnight. Vito, you're on. CBS FM. That's Bad Girl. That's Smokey Robinson and the Miracles from 1959. Here at CBS FM. Yours truly, Don K Reed, and uh, you—we're together here in the duop shop on CBS FM. And we'll uh, we'll check sports for you in a little while. Look at the weather. In fact, let's look at it now because there's a a lot of it going on out there. And we have uh, some uh, well, some winter storm uh, advisories in effect for Putnam, Orange, and northern Westchester counties, as well as Sussex northern Passaic, Warren, and Morris counties over in New Jersey. Gale warning is in effect for Long Island Sound, nearby Ocean Waters, and New York Harbor. Tonight, rain continuing across the city, Long Island, and nearby New Jersey, with snow and sleet changing to rain well inland, becoming windy, with temperatures slowly rising well up into the 40s across the city and Long Island, and to near 40 uh, even uh, well inland. The snow accumulation, city, the island, and nearby eastern New Jersey, there'll be no accumulation. Westchester, Rockland, and northwest New Jersey will have 1 to uh, 2 inches. But tomorrow, it'll be windy with periods of rain, heavy at times, highs 55 to 60. And tomorrow night, evening rain followed by partial clearing late in the day, breezy, low 45 to 50. And for Tuesday, breezy with a mixture of clouds and sunshine, perhaps a shower, highs in the mid-50s. It's now, at the moment, 38 degrees, actually uh, on the rise of the temperature. This portion of the doo-op Shop, Don K. Reed's op Shop, sponsored in part by Amico. <coughs> Amico, you expect more from a leader. FM is proud to host the 1994 New York-New England Beatles Convention, December 2nd through the 4th, at the Sheraton Hotel in Stanford, Connecticut.
8: Three days of memories, from the largest gathering of Beatles memorabilia dealers and
11: Beatles Museum, to the complete Fan 4 Film Fest and Rare Video Showcase. Appearances include Cynthia Lennon, CBS FM's Mike Fitzgerald, Friday night, 7 to 9 p.m., Cousin Brucie, Saturday, noon till 2 p.m., and Max Kinkle, Saturday night, 7 to 9 p.m., and Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Join us for Beatles sing-along karaoke, plus free concerts all weekend by the world's top Beatles cover bands, including 1964. Come celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Beatles with the New York-New England Beatles Convention December 2nd through the 4th at the Sheraton Hotel in Stanford, Connecticut. For more information, call 203-865-8131. Hi, thank you, William. Bill Brown, of course, with you from noon to 3 every day. Mondays right on through Fridays, 6 to 9 every Saturday morning. And tomorrow he's got a Motown bag. Yes, a Motown brown bag special at 1220. You don't want to miss that.
7: Don K. Reed, the Dumas.
11: Do up shop, do up shop, do up shop, up shop, up shop, do up shop, oh. do up shop, do up shop, do up a... shop, do up shop, up do up shop, up up shop, up CBS FM 1B 101 CBS 101 host oh, CBS song 101 do I chop or do I chop do I chop or do I
0: chop oh, CBS song 101. 101 101 on CBS I'm carried on CBS CBS song 101, 101.
11: Thank you, Street Corner Society. Here are the Eternals. They're uh, well, they're at the wedding day, and it's Babalu's wedding day, and we're going to go back to 1959. Bum, bum, bum.
1: Memories of Don K. Reed's Duop Shop on WCBS-FM from November 27th, 1994. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, or if there's a classic radio station you'd like me to present, why don't let me know about it by email or voicemail. The email address here is jeff, that's j-e-f-f-jeff at allthingsradio.net, or you can call that feedback line at 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595, hitting option 2 for the podcast team. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett.
2: All I can say is, wow, Jeff.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Bill, I, I, I knew Don K. Reed as well, slightly. Uh, very nice guy, and uh, he. that's why they did it on Sundays. I mean, obviously, it wasn't, it wasn't a format that you do all the, every day of the week, but it had its own following. But unfortunately, oh, yeah. advertisers want younger, and they don't want old. So in 2002, the show was canceled. However, he did not lose his job. He continued working at CBS FM, and of course, they made the big mistake at the time of doing the Jack format. Uh, and... A lot of uh, controversy over that. People were very, very upset, and I think two years later or so, they went back to doing their oldies thing. But, of course, it's not the same as it was when it first started on July 10th, 1972.
6: Hmm? Well, you know, it was a little different than Little Walter, because Little Walter did a, a and, of course, who bounced around at all kinds of stations here, and then, of course, syndicated later through Clear Channel. But Little Walter would, it was the uh, Little Walter's time machine, so he, he would mix in, like, more up-tempo stuff or different kinds of things, you know, it was a lot of doo-wop, but it wasn't all doo-wop. And, and so he was a little more diverse with the way he did it, but it was the same kind of thing. Little Walter was usually on on the, on the weekends, you know, Saturday night or Sunday night, sometime overnight, uh, you know, and, and just uh, doing, doing their thing. And, and it was good stuff. And, of course, I remember some of those songs when they were out. The first people who did that, the little intro that we heard at the beginning, that was um, uh, Johnny Maestro. And the, and the Brooklyn
1: Bridge. That's that right. Did that. That's right.
6: And that was great. One thing I liked
1: about little Walter is that he actually took uh, be, be, became a record producer and took a lot yeah. of these old recordings and remastered them and 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 made them sound good. But he also released and got alternate takes of the songs. So, for example, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of Speedo by the Cadillacs. Although well, there's more than one version of it. As a matter of fact, if you listen to the real version of Speedo, the one that everyone played on the radio, that was done in in. Two two different takes and and the key and the take one and take two are slightly different and they in they edited these two together and but you would have to know what was going on when you heard that but if you listen to it long enough you'll get to hear what it sounds like Right,
6: yeah, no, those shows were good, and we, you know, we had different oldies shows, on. with Saturday Night Oldies, it was the big thing, you know, and, and of course, I remember when I was a kid, you know, going back to the days we were talking about in the 50s, like, HGH used to have a show called Jukebox Saturday Night, when they didn't have a Bruins or Celtics game or or, uh, anything, and they would do, and they were playing the big band songs, so it was natural that in the 70s and the early 80s, our generation, you know, those of us who were you know, hitting our 40s, you know, mid-30s to 40, wanted the oldies on Saturday night. So they, they we had one on H C H, We had one on our ROR, 98.5 WROR. You know, and most cities had three or four oldie shows on Saturday night. And you had what? Skippy White in Boston on WIRG. We did. We did. And he was a record store owner. And, you know, yeah.
0: Skippy White's, White's and, Records, yeah. And, and you remember, even, even when uh, Scott Shannon was running the True Oldies channel, he was still... 50s show, the Cruise in America thing on Sunday nights up until good. he left.
1: Yeah, yeah. And didn't uh, no. Joe Martel do that oldie show on WROR yeah. on Saturday night? Joe he Martel. Did. Very, very Joe good Martel. show. I remember I used to travel to visit uh, uh, my friend living in Holbrook, Massachusetts, and we'd listen yeah. to that show uh, on the on the car radio. So.
6: Oh, no, that was a good show, and, and uh, he did a show in the mornings with Andy Mose on Mondays or Friday, but then he'd do the oldie show on Sunday nights. And, and he was so nice to my daughter, Amy. One time she wanted to hear O'Donna So I said, "Well, call him up," and he says, "Oh, uh, you're listening with your dad. That's great, and you know, and all this." And he's just really nice. She was about ten or eleven, and you know, he was just real nice to her. So it was it was good show.
1: Well now my daughter wouldn't wouldn't want to hear O'Donna, she'd want to hear a song by The Weekend, which I do like that song uh, Blinded by the uh, by, I forgot the name of the song but it's a group The Weekend. Uh, so yeah.
6: alright Bill well my, my kids were, had to, they had to deal with all these because that's yeah. what we had on all the time so they, they grew up with them and their own music they had their radio upstairs that was my point about my life I had my radio upstairs I could go do whatever but the, down here we had the older songs on so they got to hear both I agree there
2: you go well we've had a great week thank you to the panel. Thanks to everyone, and thanks for all the good information. Is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun, and we're going to end it with fun on what Jeff uh, from, as, from uh, I should
1: like say Huntsville, Alabama. They've got a lot of translators and a lot of radio frequencies there. It's a fun ninety two seven.
2: And right, so we'll give it a we'll give it a shot, and we'll see you all next week at six o'clock.
1: Yep. This week in my future station segment, we're traveling to Huntsville, Alabama. I'm going to listen to a radio station that broadcasts a classic its format. The station is Fun 92.7. The station doesn't have much personality, and they use very broad-based voice tracking. However, the music they play is pretty good. So without further ado, sit back and enjoy Fun 92.7 on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live.
8: This is Fun Radio. Fun 92.7 FM. Also at 104.9 FM and fun927.com. A fun media group station.
10: and 104.9
8: The greatest hits
10: The greatest hits The greatest hits of all time
8: On 92.7 Also on 104.9 FM
10: Fun Radio Fun 927 Bobby Knight here playing another fun favorite for New Hope Save
0: your tears for day.
8: This is the legendary Fun 927
10: fun Radio I'm
0: a wine, I
10: you. Just playing Fun Fun 927
8: This is Fun Radio, Fun 92.7.
10: listening to Fun Radio Fun 927 and 104.9 FM, Arabian Night Football celebrates its 25th season here on Fun 927 with a solid schedule of 5A games. Advertising options are now available. Get details by calling 256-596-9300. with the greatest hits of all time on fun 92 7 fm i'm bobby knight locking down another 10 songs in a row next
8: open the door to savings the
10: calendar.
0: i'm michael st john from the Funhouse morning show the 20th annual elite gunners chamber of commerce golf tournament is set for gunners landing golf club friday august 5th featuring 30 teams sign up now available by calling 256-582-3612 fun.
12: From the Way 31 Storm Tracker Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Grace Sinello. Well, we're getting closer and closer to those high temperatures in the mid-90s, feeling like the low 100s, and there is plenty of humidity out there, keeping conditions sticky and muggy. As we continue to move past lunchtime, those scattered storm chances do continue to increase for us for our southern Tennessee counties and areas east of the I-65 corridor. So bring an umbrella with you if you're going to be out and about after lunch today. I'm Way 31 meteorologist Grace Sinello.
8: The current temperature is 85 degrees.
9: This weather broadcast has been brought to you by the delightfully delicious Milner's Dairy Delight.
12: Locally owned and operated since 1962. Delight.
9: Milner's Dairy Delight is open for business. Jan Milner here to invite you to have lunch or dinner with us at Milner's. Milner's Dairy Delight, as always, takes phone in orders at 256-586-4797 for carryout. Our current hours are 10.30 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. Tuesday through Sunday. We're still serving the finest eats and greatest treats on Bentley Mountain. We thank you for your business at Milner's Dairy Delight.
8: Now, here's another set of the greatest hits of all time. Ten in a row on Fun 92.7. Also at 104.9 FM and Fun927.com. Fun 92.7. Fun 92.7. Celebrating a quarter century of playing the greatest hits. This is Fun Radio. Fun 92.7 FM. Also at 104.9 FM and fun927.com. Fun Radio. A fun media group station.
10: 92.7 and 104.9 streaming at fun927.com Fun Radio Fun 92.7
8: now playing at 104.9 FM
10: This is Fun Radio Fun 92.7 Bobby Knight here playing another fun favorite for Holly Pond.
12: That's
8: crazy. Fun 92.7. This is what fun radio sounds like. 92.7.
10: Stream it online at fun927.com More music. More fun. Fun 92.7.
8: Ticket window.
10: This is your home for free ticket winning. This is Fun 92.7 and 104.9 FM. Bobby Knight setting aside tickets to the Soaky Mountain Water Park and Lake Winnie for your family fun. Qualify now online at fun927.com. Hey, free gas
8: Fridays are back all summer long on Fun Radio. Fun927.com website and click on the gas pump to register. Listen to the Fun House with Ashley and Brad as Michael St. John announces that day's winner. Win a $50 gas card every Friday all summer long. Free Gas Fridays. Love it. On Fun Radio. Fun927 and 104.9 FM. Streaming, streaming at Fun927.com.
5: Music
8: in one place. Oh, yeah. Fun 92.7. Also on 104.9 FM.
10: This is Fun Radio. We are Fun 927 and coming up next, another 10 songs in a row of your fun favorites. This is Fun Radio. WAFN FM Arab
8: Huntsville. WAFN Priceville. W285 EN Priceville Decatur Madison. This is a Fun Radio news update. I'm Chris Foster. Now, here's another set of the greatest hits of all time. Ten in a row on Fun 92.7. Also at 104.9 FM and Fun927.com. Fun 92.7.
1: Well, there you go. ninety 92.7 serving Huntsville, Alabama, and their radio announcer, Bobby Knight. Yes, the radio station is voice-tracked, and while the voice tracks are rather general, the music is rather broad-based and sounds pretty good. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, why don't let me know about it by email or voicemail. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff
10: Bennett.